What made her so special? Why did God choose her to become the mother of his son? We know nothing of her life before she was chosen, and yet straight away we learn two things about her. She had unwavering faith. When confronted by the angel, her answer was without hesitation, may your word be fulfilled. And she was willing to put her relatively safe life on the line in order to do God's will. Tonight, in my first of the two sermon series, I want to look at Mary, the young woman, and what we can learn from her. Mary would have had no pregnancy test, nothing physical to prove to her that what the angel had said to her was actually happening. We have no knowledge of how she told, or even if she told, her family about what the angel told her. We just have the mention of Mary's faith about the truth of her pregnancy in the passage where Mary visits Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who herself was pregnant with a boy who would become John the Baptist. Listen to Elizabeth's response during Mary's visits with her. Elizabeth said, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. The Holy Spirit, speaking through Elizabeth, confirmed that Mary was blessed because she believed. Mary had faith. Faith. Faith is believing that what the Lord has said will be accomplished or that the Lord will do what he said he would do. We have to remember that the angel Gabriel told her something which was totally impossible. First, that she would have a son who would be named Jesus. She hadn't been with Joseph or any other men yet. She was a virgin. So how could she have a child? But the second impossibility was that this child would be the son of the Most High, the son of God. How could a human woman bear God's son, a divine being? Impossible. This was Mary's question to Gabriel. And Gabriel told her that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the power of the Most High would overshadow her. Not a lot of details there. Gabriel then reminds us, with God, nothing is impossible. In other words, the angel was telling her, God can and would do the impossible if she had faith. And Mary believed. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. God told Mary he was going to do the impossible. And Mary believed. She had faith. She trusted God would make her conceive a child even before she saw the evidence of her pregnancy. The author of the books of Hebrews defined faith in a similar manner. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God gave his favor or approval to those who had faith. 
People like Mary, who were sure and certain of God's promise, even if they didn't see it. Notice it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. God continues to give his favor to those who have faith and trust in God's promises today. Promises like Romans 8, 28, where it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you believe God works everything for your good if you love him and follow his calling, even when things in your life seem to be going poorly? God's favor rests upon those who respond in faith. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, he told her she was highly favored, or as another translation puts it, she was God's favored one. Mary was favored, not just because of what she was about to do in being the mother of Jesus, but because of the life she had already lived so far. We don't know anything about Mary's life before this event, but in her short life, and she mustn't be no older than 13 or 14, she must have already exhibited an extraordinary faith in God because God chose her to be the mother of his son. What I want us to notice here is that God's favor came to Mary even though she came from a modest or even poor family. God chose her even though she grew up in a remote village in, in the region of the world, a village called Nazareth with only a few hundred people. God favored Mary because of the inner beauty of her faith and obedience. God's favor is upon those who exhibit faith and obedience. It doesn't matter how old you are, whether you are a child, a teenager, or an elderly person. Mary was in her teens. The Old Testament patriarch Abraham was in his 70s when first God called him. It doesn't matter where you come from. You might come from the country, the city, you might live in the slums. It doesn't matter how smart you are. God gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe God loves you and sent his son to give you eternal life? Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Do you believe God raised Jesus from the dead and will one day raise you up to be with him? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must believe what God has said if we are to receive his promises. Now let's look at another point about Mary. She was willing to endure rejection, poverty, and uncertainty to be a servant, to do the will of God. For that, her faith needed to be more than a feeling. It had to be a conscious decision. Faith is more than believing something to be true with my mind. Faith must also impact how I live my life. My actions should reflect what I believe. Faith is active. I must do things differently and behave differently because I believe that what God said is true. I can believe the two and two is four, 
ordered. Henry VIII was the king who broke the church away from the Catholic Church because it's true. But this kind of faith doesn't change my life. It doesn't make any demands upon me. Unfortunately, we treat faith like that. If I believe in my heart, heart head that something is true, I have faith. To believe something is true in your head and to act as though it is true are two different things. And yet faith incorporates both of these. When the angel Gabriel taught Mary she would miraculously bear a child from the Holy Spirit, not only did she believe it would happen, but she also adjusted her life with God. She responded with a willingness to do whatever God wanted her to do. In this case, she accepted the immense responsibility of bearing the Messiah and raising him in the ways of the Lord. Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Mary didn't just believe the impossible would happen, that she would be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She was willing to be a vessel by which God would accomplish his divine plan. Consider for a moment the ramifications of God's of Mary's response. By her willingness to serve the Lord, Mary was trusting that her soon-to-be husband Joseph would believe her story of the visitation of an angel and of the miraculous pregnancy. She was trusting that Joseph wouldn't seek divorce, forcing her to raise a child on her own in a society in which illiterate children were looked upon with particular disfavor and not usually cared for, or even worse, according to Jewish law, Joseph could have had Mary stoned to death at the city gates, thus killing her and the Christ child within her. Mary was willing to be the gossip of the town because she was pregnant before marriage. Either she would have been ridiculed for being with Joseph in their betrothal period, or if Joseph divorced her, she would have been compared with a prostitute because it meant she'd had an affair during her betrothal to Joseph. Imagine the gossip in a sleepy little town of Nazareth where everybody knew everybody. No matter what way you look at it, it was going to be tough for Mary, but because of her faith in God that he would work it out, she was willing to put her faith in action. What kind of faith is it if I believe in God? I believe Jesus was God's son, born of the Virgin Mary. I believe Jesus spoke the truth, that he died and rose from the dead so that I can be forgiven. What if I believe God has promises of giving me abundant life and eternal life, but then I go about living my life just like an unbeliever, ignoring the way God has commanded us to live? That is not faith. Faith implies a willingness to follow God. Faith is more than believing in our head. Faith involves our actions. Will we live our life differently because of what we believe? Will I change my priorities so that they are in line with God's? Am I willing to allow God to change my character to be like his? Honesty, integrity, love for one another. Will I prioritize my time and money the way God wants me to? Will I love God and others by treating those around me like Jesus would 
including my husband, my children, my colleagues, and my neighbors, being a willing servant may mean sacrifice. Jesus, the brother, Jesus' brother James wrote in James 2:14 to 17, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fit, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Our faith should affect our head, our heart, and our hands. Our head, our head, what we believe about God, about Jesus. Our heart, we should have compassion for others. We should love others, including our enemies. And our hands, in what we do. What would you say? Would you say you have faith like Mary, who was willing to believe the impossible and step out and trust God? And if not, why not? Are we willing to go wherever God asks us? Are we willing to take the ridicule for being a follower of Christ? Are we willing to bring dishonor upon us ourselves for doing the right thing? Is your faith in your head, in your heart, and in your hands? Let's travel a bit further into the story. Now, this is a story of a young pregnant girl. Now, you didn't really think that a midwife wasn't going to talk about pregnancy and birth, did you? For many, many years, my mind has wondered about Mary's pregnancy and how she must have felt. When she felt the first movements inside, when she felt Jesus kicked, the reality must have really hit the awesome responsibility of giving birth and bringing up the Messiah. She would have known that her child was the promised Messiah. How was she going to be a mother to this child? Apart from Elizabeth, who would she have shared her feelings with? Life would have been difficult, and yet, inside of her grew the Son of God, this perfect wonder of love, this absolute confirmation that the angel's worth was truth, and she was favored by God. The Holy Spirit came upon her, and I am convinced stayed with her and in her. I believe that the Spirit resting upon Mary and living in her gave her the strength to face the uncertainty of what lay ahead of her. That Spirit is the same Spirit that lives in us as his believers. That same Spirit can give us the strength to face the future, knowing that God is with us and lives in us. No one can say that Mary's life was easy. But what we see is that perfect love casts out fear. But if you trust in God, you will have his presence with you, even as you go through the difficulties of life. The secret lies in staying close to him. The closer you are to God, the more you will know his presence. There is no magic at work here. It's more of a certainty that as you draw near to God, so he draws near to you. The greatest people of faith I have known are people whose life circumstances were difficult. I have known people who were bedridden and lived alone. 
and yet their relationship with God made them an example of faith I wanted to aspire to. Like clear vessels of water, you could see God working through them and in them. Having the certainty of God living in you helps us to face life. You are not alone. You are part of God's family. You are bought with the price Jesus paid and God has a purpose for you, for your life. All he asks of you is that you open yourself up to his will and that you trust him, that you say like Mary, your will be done. Are you ready to say those words? Are you able to let Jesus take away the burdens of your sins and nail them to the cross? Let's look at another song now. And I want you to really listen to the words of this song and let them speak to you. Mary, as she leaves Nazareth with Joseph to go to Bethlehem. No one with her to help her in this end of her pregnancy. No one with her to support her as she's going into labor. No one there other than Joseph, a man she hadn't been had not been intimate with. A man who was with her, but in what kind of relationship? No one knows what her relationship was with him at that time. Was there love? Was there friendship? This was not like nowadays when you fall in love and both decide to get married. More likely this was an arranged marriage. With him, Mary leaves, knowing she will give birth in a strange place. Again, Mary must trust. Trust that friendship and love will grow between her and Joseph. Trust that God chose the right man to be an earthly father figure to his son. Trust that she would be safe through childbirth. Trust that God would care for her, find her a safe place. God did all that but I'm sure not in any way we'd have, we would have found easy. No midwife, no family to give support, no pain relief, no comfortable place to give birth, no certainty, strangers in a place far from home, and yet we see God's perfect plan unfold itself. Love was born in a place of poverty. God's grace shone upon them, People high and low were brought to Jesus, as she to Mary, as she held Jesus. This Jesus, who is the Saviour of us all, no matter where we are in life, no respecter of persons, not a God for just one type of people. No, a God who loves us all, and who reaches out to all of us. Mary stands in front of us as a girl, a woman of faith. A woman whose trust in God was absolute, who said, I am your servant, your will be done. A woman who was willing to give up all that was safe and secure, and who instead of what that said, you are my God, I am your child, I trust you with my life. We're just going to watch one more clip, and then we're going to pray. Roger.
just by looking at that you see what being willing to do what God wants you to do brings you in a relationship with him you have never been in before and so tonight I just want us to close our eyes and I just want to pray Father God as we've looked at Mary's faith and her willingness to do what you wanted her we pray that you would bring us in that same relationship that we would say your will be done that we trust that your plans for us are what is best for us no matter what circumstances are there nobody can say Mary's life was easy and some of us our lives aren't easy either but if I you know, if we come close to you, you will be close to us. And we just pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will, you know, bring us into such a close relationship that we too will feel the breath of heaven flowing through us, Father. We pray for a trust without borders, a faith without borders, and a love without borders. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.